you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good, you turn it for good. And I was reading end of Genesis and uh, Joseph and everything he went, he went through. And at the end, Genesis 50, 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Right? Like, there's so many things. Like, I know everyone goes through things, so every single person here could be like, oh, yeah, this bad thing happened, Right? Because things happen. But every single time something happens, God is doing something with whatever the thing is. Whatever thing is happening, God means it for something good. Bad things don't just happen without a good thing that God intends for it to happen. 
understand what I'm saying. Anyway. Turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it. 
Fire inside, I can't contain. 
the throne room, I run to the throne room, and I fall on my face with angels and saints, and all I can say is holy, holy, holy are you. Peace. 
in this moment here. Hallelujah. Just imagine that moment. Holy, holy, holy. declaring the holiness of holiness of God and you're there deeper into this I just want you to imagine standing before your God today standing before the the creator of the universe standing before the one who sent his son to save you from your sins and begin to worship him in the manner that he is due let's just worship a little deeper for just a moment here to the throne room before you the only one I run to the throne room before you I'm overcome I run to the throne room before you the only one I run to the throne room before you Oh, my God. 
yourself in, in his presence. together with uh, two or three of your neighbors there and uh, let's just lift each other up in prayer for a moment um, pray for needs um, share your needs one with another and uh, just be part of the body you know lifting one another up so reach out um, move together um, let's just pray for a moment
Hallelujah, Lord. We begin to um, lift up those that are traveling this weekend and uh, peace. Be with them. Provide safety. Father, I lift up Robert uh, Gregory right now. Father, as they delayed his surgery uh, for a week, um, I just pray. Lord, I know he needs a, um, a manifestation of your presence in his life right now. That you would provide relief from the pain. Um, Father, I pray that you would do a, a miraculous intervention here and bring uh, his, uh, his blood pressure into a complete normalization. And uh, we just thank you that you're already doing it. Father, in all the events that are going on all around our area, we just pray that your presence be manifested in these things. That your blessing would be here. I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your provision. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for all you're doing. In your name, amen. Thank you, worship team. Uh, praise God. We are, we are blessed to have so many that are willing to share their, their gifts and talents. And uh, praise God. Glad our kids are still worshiping downstairs. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. You know, a concrete floor is wonderful. Uh, insulation is a whole nother area. <laughs> Hallelujah. It just gets you, you know, preaches, gets me to preach in rhythm, you know. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Um, you know, how many of you uh, thank God every morning that you're able to get up? It's, uh, it's been one of those cycles, you know, I've been, you know, it's spring coming into summer. I don't know if it's summer yet. Is it summer yet? Okay. Sorry. I, I never know that transition in Ohio. In South Dakota, we had winter and summer. That's all we had. So you knew when it quit, finally quit snowing that we were entering into summer. Uh, but, uh, man, my body just hurts. You know, I, I, I crawled around on the ground more in the last month, you know, than, you know, I can remember in a long time, so, so uh, it is, uh, it's a great thing, but uh, I am thankful that once you get moving that God starts loosening things up, right? Yes, amen, you start feeling alive and thanking God for every breath, and uh, it's a good thing. You know, today is, uh, this weekend is Memorial Weekend, tomorrow we celebrate Memorial Day, uh, it's a special time. Uh, we gather together for picnics and uh, games and uh, all this food, right? Sometimes we do that and we forget that um, it's a time to remember sacrifices. Um, you know, we, we celebrate Memorial Day with all these festivities and many times we don't slow down to pause to remember 
the sacrifices that have been made. Memorial Day is a day that we remember those who've given their lives for our freedom. You know, that have sacrificed all. That have given all that we may enjoy our all. And uh, some of you come from military families. You, you, you grew up in homes where you, you are part of a lineage of people that have served in the military. And uh, you know what? I, I just feel like we need to give a moment. Um, if you have a story of a loved one that really impacted your life, maybe you didn't never knew them, but your, your parents shared of a uh, someone who served and how they impacted you. their their story has impacted your life. I'd like just to give a moment, and uh, uh, we're going to let you just share if you have uh, just a quick story about them. I'm going to get a microphone so we can, you know, get you um, sharing that. But uh, I know it's it's a it's a moment of vulnerability because you have to be willing to share some of those things. But if you have a story that you're willing to share for us, I'd like you to uh, just. Let me know here. Christina, good. Thank you. It's on. So I don't remember what war he was in, um, but I have a grandfather who, um, who was awarded a Purple Heart um, because he, he grabbed a live grenade and he threw it away from um, his comrades so yeah amen you know the uh, yeah absolutely thank you gabriel for coming down here because we want to get you you know so good to have gabriel back he was down visiting his dad for a couple weeks so i have a an uncle of mine he passed away a few years back from uh, uh, some lung complications and i believe it was uh, he probably got that during Vietnam. He served during Vietnam. But uh, the reason why I'm standing here today is because of, of, because of him, uh, my uncle, uh, Macmillan Gledhill. My aunt married him many years ago. Um, she moved from Mexico to the U.S. and was actually babysitting for him because he was a single dad. And so she married him. And because of that, she became a citizen, then applied for my dad to become a legal resident. And so my family got legal status in the States back in 1997. Um, so he served there in Vietnam uh, in the Navy. Um, and um, he, passed, he passed away a few years back. But uh, um, because of him, my family and I are here today. And I am very grateful for everything he, he did for us and for his country. Amen. 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 All right, someone else, a story, a memory? Can't imagine Elaine having anything goofy. Uh, my grandfather, Raymond George Muneer, um, graduated in 43 in Dayton in high school, enlisted right away in the Navy, went to Chicago, the University of Chicago, learned to be a sailor, and um, was on the Pacific on the USS Yorktown CV-10. Um, and as part of his legacy, he took all 12 of us grandkids down to Charleston, South Carolina, where that aircraft carrier is now a museum multiple times. Got to see pictures of him, and that's just been a legacy in our family. And then Meredith's grandfather, 
Um, Papa Lewis grew up in the area as well and um, went to enlist and he wanted to be in the Army Air Corps because there was not the Air Force at that time. And when he went to enlist and they said, no, you're not going to be in the Army Air Corps, you're going to be in the Navy. <laughs> and he said, well, then I'm going to go home and wait till you draft me. And they said, okay, you're in the Army Air Corps. So that was Papa Lewis. He ended up being a gunner on the B-17s. So he had quite a few <laughs> stories as well. Amen. Thank you. Mine isn't that great, but as old as I am, I remember I was 10 years old when World War II was going on. And I can remember, I don't know if there's anybody else that's old enough to remember when they had, we had air raid drills where you turned all your lights out and down on the corner there was an air raid man and he had his heart. I remember that. I looking peeking out of the out of the drapes. The siren would go off and everybody would sit in the dark for a while until it passed. But I can remember way back when when World War II was that was a thing. Mm. And you know, you think, "Oh my gosh." Then it didn't it was exciting, but when you think back now how it, they could have bombed us, you know, you just relate to that. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amen. All right, that's Martha. I was around the same age, and I can remember my, girl, my uh, sister, my middle sister. She had so many boyfriends, and so many of them went into the service. And I can remember the parents crying. In our church, when we'd lose somebody, and I remember the women, they would get together and they would make bandages. They would knit socks. My mother adopted a uh, family from Europe and we sent food and blankets to them. And it was a, a sad time, but it was a good time because everybody seemed to pull together. Mm -hmm. And it was a different America. And I just, we really need to pray for our country. Amen. 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 Anyone else? All right. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where nobody likes talking about war in the midst of it because it is uh, it's brutal. I, I had the privilege um, back in, oh, when was this here? Somewhere around 90, or 2008 to about 2003, um, serving, I think I was the year. When did we move here? 2012, sorry, 2008 to 2012. Yeah, I served at a, as a chaplain at a VA medical center and uh, had the privilege of just hearing some amazing stories, you know, um, some hundred-year-old people, you know, sharing some of their memories back then, you know, um, pretty amazing. Uh, one of the gentlemen that was in uh, my church out there, um, he served in the Horse Calvary and Fort Meade, where we were located, um, right outside of Fort Meade, where or the town we lived, um, was a horse cavalry base. And so uh, 
a lot of history there, but he would just share uh, some of those thoughts and memories about serving in a horse cavalry. And uh, uh, what, what a story, what a legacy that these individuals have uh, put together for us. Um, you know, I think it's, it's right that we just pause for a moment, uh, take a moment of silence to remember the sacrifices that have made. So if you'd bow your heads with me, and let's just let's pause for a, a moment. God, thank you for those that have um, gone before, that have given their life in the service of their country, who have sacrificed so much for families that have lost um, their loved one because of their service to this country, the sacrifices they made. Lord, I am so thankful for the blessing of, uh, of men and women who have given all that we may enjoy so much. And uh, that we are the nation we are today because of these sacrifices. Help us to continue to remember, to celebrate their, their sacrifice, and to, uh, to live in a manner worthy of that freedom. Bless this nation. Draw us to your presence. Draw us back to who you are. Your word declares, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, we'll hear from heaven. You'll forgive our land and heal this nation. Help us to do so today, Lord. Draw us into your presence. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for that moment, and thank you for those who shared. Um, praise God. I, I'm thankful for all those that are part of our, our congregation that have served in the military. Uh, just one more moment. If you've served um, in the military at any point, um, or currently serving in some capacity, would you just stand and let us honor you just for a moment? Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. Praise God. You know, as I was thinking about today, and um, I've been just wrestling all week long with... Uh, this first step series that uh, I started last week. Last week we 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 introduced the the whole process of forgiveness and uh, the writing down of all the sins that we that the Holy Spirit would bring to mind, and then we burned those. It was a um, for me it was a powerful time. Uh, I, I pray that you uh, experience a release because see that's what forgiveness is. It's a Forgiveness is a set of keys. 
How many of you have keys around your home you don't know what they go to? (laughs) But you're afraid to throw them out. Because you never know, you might actually find something they fit. I remember running around as a kid, um, we had skeleton keys and things like that. How many of you remember those, you know? And they only work certain things. Um, uh, you know, back when I was growing up, uh, they, and I think they probably still do. My dad put a key or a lock on a refrigerator. Now, you have to understand, there were four boys uh, in our home, and, um, and we ate a lot of food. And, and my sister, you know, she, she probably didn't eat near as much. But, uh, so my dad, to conserve um, food, <laughs> locked it up so that we couldn't just freely get into it. You know, you're not going to just open up a bag of, you know, you know, box of mac and cheese and eat that raw. You know, it uh, takes a little bit more initiative. But, uh, but keys are so valuable when you know what they go to. And... Um, Forgiveness is a key to release us into living a new life. And, and when we come into a relationship with Christ, there, is, there must be that acknowledgement of, of us being set free from the things of our past. Today I'm going to talk a little bit deeper about some of these things. I'm going to talk about, even as we've talked about you know, this, this holiday is about us remembering those who have sacrificed their lives in service of their country. We are still in a, a war. We're in a battle. Those that want to promote that when you come to Christ, um, man, it's smooth sailing. I don't know what book they were reading. You know? <laughs> I don't know where they're getting that information from. Because um, the hardest decision I ever made was choosing to live for God. See, I, I made a decision to live for Christ when I was 16, and I was still living in a home that was not a Christian home. Uh, where there was still alcohol and cigarettes and pornography and all this stuff all around the house. Things that I had taken part in (laughs) prior to 16, you know. And now I made a decision, I'm going to serve God. And I had all of these things that were still confronting me every day that I had to make a different decision on. And I think that's one of the things that as I, as I look at new believers, as I talk to individuals that are, are beginning to follow God, I, I want to make sure they're aware that there is a battle going on in their lives. You know, the Scriptures tell us that we, um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's your first Scripture there. 
I even had to go back to the King James, you know. Because that, that verse is the one I just know in the King James. And uh, as I was thinking about that, you know, the, the principalities, the powers, the rulers of this dark world. We have to remember that uh, um, Satan, when he fell, was cast down to the earth. And that he became uh, the ruler of this world, of the darkness of this world, during that time. Still today. He's present. He's active. Now, he's, he is one, okay? <laughs> but he has a legion of angels that fell with him. So, I mean, there's, there's, there are minions that are roaming throughout the earth, um, fulfilling the, the plan of the enemy. But Scripture says that we have to remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I, I cannot tell you the number of times that I have entered into a battle against the wrong person. Okay? Fought the wrong fight. There have been people that I fought... And when I came to the end of it, I realized that was the wrong fight. <laughs> uh, no one wins when you fight the wrong fight. So I, as I began to think about this today, and, and what I want to communicate to people as they're walking with God in a new way, is that they need to learn that the battles they're fighting many times there's a misdirection happening where we are being uh, challenged or encouraged to focus our attention, our efforts in the wrong area. I love my wife to death. She is, next to my relationship with Christ, she is the most important relationship I have. And you know, there are many times that I've gotten in an argument with her, a fight with her. Now, it's never gone to fisticuffs, although she does pinch me once in a while, which brings about, you know, some of those responses. But, um, but I've come to the end of some of those arguments, and I realized that was the wrong fight. See, the enemy wants us to be caught up with the relationships all around us to focus on them. We, we want to be right, and which means somebody has to be wrong. See, you can't have a moment of being right without making somebody else wrong. And, and so, I'm determined. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm human, okay? I am determined at times that I'm going to be right in an argument. Has anybody ever been there? And you come to the end of it, and you found out you were right, and now there is much to pay for being right. How important was that moment of being right? And see, and I think that is the thing, when we realize that the enemy is, is really active and actively involved in us fighting the wrong battles we're not wrestling against flesh and blood we're not it's not really about other people 
See, I believe that if a church can get to the place of, of operating according to the standards, the, the things that God has laid out in His Word, I believe the challenges and conflicts and quarrels would be so minimal. Not that they wouldn't exist, but we would deal with them properly. Kyle, come here. <laughs> see, I wanted you to get a good idea for this. So it's like, you know, and see, Kyle's my brother, and I trust him. But if I picked a fight with Kyle, how many of you think that would be a good fight? I, I, I have one. <laughs> now, my family knows that I'm not a fighter, so they, they're going to pick Kyle, you know. I mean, they're just, they're just going to be honest. Unless I'm outrunning him, I think I got him. Maybe in basketball if I keep on the outside. But um, if, I, if I came up to Kyle and began to pick a fight because I thought Kyle offended me, how effective is that going to be? You know, we have those moments we draw a line in the sand and we're saying, listen, buddy, we're going to go down right now and kicking or screaming, I'm going at you. Kyle's not the problem. You know, thank you, bud. I'm not going to fight you. Maybe Chad, I'll put him up there. At least you guys look. See, I believe many times in the church, that's what we do. We, we, man, we try to pick a fight in the wrong way. If Kyle offends me, man, I'm just going to say, Kyle, man, I, I'm not understanding what, you know, why you said this. Um, but hey, if I've offended you, I'm sorry. See, I, I'm, I'm acknowledging the reality that I <laughs> could have made a mistake. Okay? Many times we enter into the fight and we want them to be the one taking full ownership of everything. It's like, man, I will forgive you the moment you ask. <laughs> but we're not saying, hey, I may have fallen short. I may have had something that I did wrong in this whole situation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the, 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 the rulers of darkness of this world. Those are where the fight should be. If you're going to get angry, get angry at the enemy. Don't get angry at those that God says are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Why in the world would you pick a fight with someone else in the body of Christ because all you do is bring division. You break up the unity that God wants us to have. Pick the right fight. See, the enemy doesn't want you to link arms with that person that he's come get you to come against because then you become a, an unstoppable force for him. See, the truth is, there are enough believers in this world, there are enough 
believers in the world that if we unite together under one cause, that there is the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. That there is nothing that the church cannot do if we simply would be in unity together. But the unfortunate reality is we are not unified. We are not in agreement. And it goes back to the first thing that I shared. You know, I want to be right. I want to be the one making all the decisions. I want to be the one telling everybody what to do. I want to be the one in charge. God never put you there. You're not big enough to be in charge. You see, the one who's in charge also has to be the one who absorbs all the pain that has an answer you know uh, at church if something breaks (laughs) something doesn't go the way it's supposed to the responsibility falls on me it doesn't matter who did it (laughs) it's my fault i'm the shepherd i wear that i don't ask anybody else to do it i will apologize for any shortcoming of this church Because it's my fault. I am the shepherd. I made that decision years ago when I said yes to to getting into pastoral ministry. If I wasn't willing to say that, if I wasn't willing to embrace that, I should never have said yes. Because it is not glorious to be a shepherd. It is a lot of work. But I knew that I was saying yes only to a portion of the weight. Because <laughs> God is over me, and Jesus is the true shepherd. <laughs> and I get to defer to him, because if you come at me too much, I just direct you to him. Because I'm just a, a, a carrier of the message. I, I, am, I am an under-shepherd to him. He's the boss shepherd. And so I get to direct you to him. Because I know that he has authority. And because of the authority that Jesus Christ has, Scripture says that that God placed on Christ all the authority necessary to be victorious here. And, And Jesus said, because I go away, I'm empowering you to do the work of the ministry. To get to accomplish all that is necessary to do. But I have to first acknowledge that I'm in a battle with the enemy so that I can avail myself of all the authority, all the power that, that Christ is making available to us. Okay, bring up my next, next passage there. Satan wants to sift you. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, it says, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that that he may sift you as wheat. Now, when you look at this sifting process, you know, in, in the baking world, I guess this is important. You can tell how much I've actually used a sifter. (laughs) But 
in the process of the enemy wanting to sift us, what he does is that he begins to, to shake our world, to, to bang us around to the point where all the good things that God has added to us are broken off. And what's left is this, uh, this core piece that is all beat up without the, the structure that God wants us to have. See, Satan wants to sift us as wheat. He wants to beat us up. He wants to, he wants to continue to manipulate and move us to a point where we no longer find value in what we were created for. And you have purpose. And see, when, when someone comes to Christ, they, they have this initial understanding, or they have the beginning of this understanding that God has a greater, a bigger purpose for them. God has a purpose for you. Anthony, God has a purpose for your life. Right now, you, you're going in an area of nursing, and you feel like this is an area God's leading you. And uh, I don't pretend to, to hear God's voice in your life. On these things. But I do know this that the closer you get to him, the more of the reality he will make that. And it may be nursing, and it be, may be so much bigger than nursing. We have no idea of the full potential that is out there for us because we are only seeing in part, and God is taking us through steps of progression, steps of preparedness to get us ready for something bigger. And, and even though the enemy desires to sift us, God's letting us know in advance. Isn't that great when someone lets you know that there's a trap right ahead of you? <laughs> you know, it's like my uh, grandkids playing hide-and-seek, and they come running in the room, and they want me to tell them where everybody else is hiding. Because it makes it easier, Right? God has made it easy. And He's telling you everywhere that the enemy is hiding. He's telling you His plans right up front. All you have to do is listen. I have to listen and do. Next, Miss Kate. We need to understand the blessing that comes because we are part of the family of God. 1 John says that we are of God. <laughs> Little children of His, you know. We are of God. Years ago, we began to teach our children that they're not just um, of Ralph and Nancy. That they're of God. See, I believe God has prepared you and set you up for victory, not because of your last name, and it may be a great last name, and, and the stories that you share because of the legacy that has gone before you and the examples. Gabriel, I am so thankful for this, this man that, that um, you and your, your aunt married and, and facilitated you guys being here. But you know what? There's a greater legacy that you have. And that is God had a calling on you 
uh, even before you understood it, you were of God. Scripture says that it is um, God's desire that not one should perish, that all come to repentance. That not one. <laughs> that the, that the, the, the plan of God from the very beginning is to bring all of us to a place of right relationship with Him. That has been His plan from the very beginning. And His, his simple desire is that we would go out and begin to share the gospel message with people. But it wasn't just us acknowledging that, that we were of God. He wanted us to understand that greater is He that is within us than he that's in this world. See, you are victorious because you're part of the house of God. You're part of the family of God. And greater is He that is within you. See, if Aubrey was up here running around, which would not be much of a challenge for her, she is a very active young lady. Some, of, some may be tempted to interfere with this young lady. If she was running around the mall, somebody would want to take her, you know? They would want to interfere, unless Kyle was standing right behind them. That would discourage anyone. from wanting to interfere with this young lady. And see, that same thing is true for us. If we can walk with that level of assurance that Jesus Christ is in us, then greater is He that... We walk in a level of confidence that we don't worry about what the world is saying or doing. Because we know that there is no situation that will come upon us that God has not prepared us and equipped us for victory. We are not alone. We are victorious. And, and greater is he that is within us than he that's in this world. Go ahead and give us our next one there, Miss Kate. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Now, I, I love this passage because it, it starts issuing levels of responsibility on us. Now, when, when my children were young, one over here too, Nancy and I took responsibility for helping their faith develop. That was our responsibility as parents. But you know what? There came a point where they had to make a decision. Now, I'm just going to be honest. When my kids were growing up, it was not optional to skip church. So, we were living in South Dakota when uh, the, uh, the murders happened down in, in Colorado. And uh, one of the... The, the, one of the moms for you know, this, uh, one of these kids that did all this stuff um, that had you know, put this, amassed this group of this collection of guns and everything that he killed all these people. Um, they interviewed her and he, she, they said, how did you not know? And she said, I just, I let him make his own decisions. I, I didn't want to infringe on his rights, his freedoms. 
you know, as a high school kid in the midst of these things. My, my kids have understood from a very young age that, you know, when they're grown up, they're, they have no freedoms. You know, in our home. Now, we're not trying to infringe on their, their ability to be individuals, but listen, everything is open for examination. Their phones at any point, their computers, everything is open. That's right. It wasn't so that they had no freedom. It was so they were protected. We didn't make their decisions. We just made sure they were willing to stand behind the decisions they made. And we knew what was motivating them. We knew what was guiding them and directing them. But there came a point where they had to start working out their salvation. And it's hard. I, how many of you love going to the gym? Boy, I was expecting a couple more people, maybe. <laughs> I love a good workout. I love sweating. You know, I love exertion. I need it, you know. Mentally, I need it. I need something that causes me to expend energy beyond what I want to do. Okay? It makes me a better person. My wife will tell you it makes me a better person when I'm able to be active. Okay? I have to work it out though. You know what? If I just go into the, you know, if I just decide to get up on, the, on you know, on my Peloton and just go for a leisurely ride in the middle of some, you know, you know, beautiful area and I don't have to exert myself much and you know, I have all the fans on me. Sorry to you. <laughs> if I have all the fans on me and all the nice drinks and stuff like that, it's like... <laughs> then, you know, it's like I come to the end of it, I'm refreshed. <laughs> it's like, man, that was just a great day. But what have I accomplished? You know, I'm... Working out my salvation requires a level of digging into the Word of God. Listen, I, <laughs> I love God's Word. I love going deep into God's Word to the point that God's Word begins to unfold before me in ways that I never understood. I begin, I begin to see connections in... And Genesis to Revelation. I begin to see how God's plan has always been in, in motion. That He's never been caught off guard. That He's always been working in some area, in some way. It's what Tristan shared during our worship time, you know. God, God is, is intricately involved in our lives and He is bringing about a victory, but we have to keep our focus right. Because in the end, I've read the end of the book, God wins. And there is nothing I love more than winning. I don't, I, I don't believe in participation trophies. Now, I, just, I love you all, and if that's okay, just hear me. If I play a sport or a card game or anything, I am going to play to win. I'm going to do it fair, but I am going to play to win. 
and I may play to your mind just a little bit to see how committed you are to winning. Because <laughs> I know if I can get in your head, it's going to be easier to steer you in the direction I want you to go. How much more can the enemy do that? How many times has the enemy got in your head and been able to discourage you or destroy you because he led you down a path of destruction? And you thought it was going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I never learned to play chess by an actual chess player. I learned to play because I watched the computer. Anybody else do that? You know, I played on a computer. You learn the moves. And then I would play an actual chess player who had strategy. And like five, six moves, I'm done. I mean, I haven't even done anything. I haven't even formulated a strategy at that point because I'm trying to wait and see what his next move is. And I didn't realize that every move he was making was just setting me up to where he just crushed me. And it wasn't fun because like five moves, it's like, wow, I didn't even get through a bag of chips, you know, at that point. Because he had a strategy, he had a plan, and it was not for my benefit. It was for my destruction. But see, I had to understand that if I was going to be successful in life, I had to have a plan. And Scripture gives me a plan. As I begin to dig into God's Word, His, His plan begins to unfold for me, and He begins to strengthen me, and He begins to build me up in a way that I can stand in the midst of whatever is coming at me. Uh, Philippians 2.13, you know, many times we get to this first portion, we stop. But it says, you know, it, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. You know, it's God working in you, Lou. <laughs> when you decide to work out your salvation, when you decide to dig into the Word of God, God's working in you to bring about, number one, His plan, but to bring about His pleasure. So the closer you get to God, the more you get into the Word, the more you realize that God is doing exactly what He needs to do to draw you to a place of knowing and understanding His plan. God's not trying to destroy you. The enemy is, but God's not. When he, what He's doing in you is, is, is specifically engineered. It is specifically designed to bring you to a place to fulfill His plan in your life so that you may be part of something so much bigger than you ever thought possible. When God began to set in motion, you know, nine and a half years ago, us packing up our house in South Dakota, saying, listen, you're going to get ready to move. By the way, Saturday before Father's Day, we were originally going to do um, uh, a work day here at the church. We're going to still do a work day, but it's not going to be at the church. We're going to help Brother Isaac in the midst of them moving. 
and making sure that they have all their stuff, you know, um, taken care of on that day. So we've moved our work day just, I think it's back. Is that just a back a Saturday? Is that what we did, Isaac? 26th. Last Saturday of the month. But uh, we wanted to make sure that we were there being the body for, you know, one of our families. And so we just moved it back a week. You know, the work's still going to be here, right? It doesn't go away, unfortunately. And if you've been up in the, the um, uh, hallway upstairs, um, you'll notice a big hole in the ceiling. And um, we weren't experimenting on anything. <laughs> we had a water leak in our air conditioning unit, and the ceiling dropped out right there. Lord willing, nobody was hurt, but praise God, we're working on that too. So, see, there's always projects. Sorry, Miss Aubrey. Mom walked out. You know, I know what that's like. Where was I? Work day. Work. I was going somewhere, but my mind got off track. I know it's probably one of those moments, too, that was good. It was before that. I don't know. We'll keep moving. Bring up my next passage, Kate. You know, this is... <laughs> See, I'm trying... God led me to do something different this week. I am... I like having my life scripted. Okay? I like... I mean, I, I do my sermons and, and I've got them prepared, every word that I need to say. I really don't even... I could just put... You know, I've got... You know, Microsoft Word will do this thing where it'll read it out loud. I can just tell it to read it. You'd get all the things that I need. You know, it's, it's there. Because I've already thought through it. And, and this week, uh, God just gave me the passages and I, and I kept sitting down to, to write it all out. And God said, just relax. Just relax. It was uncomfortable. And God says, you need to be uncomfortable. You need to, to learn to hear my voice in a way that you're trying to tell the people learning to hear the voice of God. See, I've done it for so long now, I don't think about what it takes. <laughs> I got saved at 16. And at that point, I didn't listen to a lot of voices. Anywhere. And then I'm learning to listen to the voice of God. And, and I learned to listen early because for the first time I wanted to hear what somebody was saying. And now, I'm trying to help people understand that God has something to say and I have to teach them to slow down their life to listen. And so God said, just, just put my Scriptures out there and let's go with it. It's like, okay, God. <laughs> If that's what you want. But it also means you get some of these real authentic moments that I forget exactly where I was going. Was up. Especially when a rabbit trail happened because I looked at Isaac, work day, you know, such and such. <laughs> Sometimes my mind is like that because I've got all these other worlds going on at the same time. I want you to understand as we begin to work our, out our salvation and we begin to understand that God has a plan for us. Thank you. 
God has prepared us for victory. But it requires effort on our part. Revelation, I, I quote this to you so many times, you know, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. See, God does his part, but there's always our part. When we have a church work day, if nobody shows up, how much is God getting done? <laughs> now, I, I wouldn't mind it if God somehow fixed that hole up there and the air conditioning unit as I come into work tomorrow and there's no AC up there. Praise God. Praise God, it's a cooler week. So think about me this week as I'm sweating with the oldies up there. And I'm the only one in the building during that time, so you can figure out who the oldie is. But um, God needs us. Not needs us, because He really doesn't need you. Let's be honest. God speaks and the world happens. But see, God has chosen to work through us. See, if Miss Elaine was not present... Let's be honest. Some of you may not do some of the things you do. She, she walks in the church and she says, oh, you would be great for that. Let's get you signed up. How many of you has Miss Elaine done that for you? <laughs> you know? You, you walk in and Elaine acknowledges, oh, you, you should do this. And, and she, walk, you know, she starts getting you committed. You know, Caleb comes to breakfast almost every Sunday now because the lady said, you know what, you need to come here and let us feed you. And if he's not here, she lets him know. Because she loves... Now, if you know Miss Elaine, you know what, she's... I mean, she come, it comes across as authentic, real, raw, and, and pure love. Because she didn't have an evil bone in her body. She just wants... She just wants to love you. She wants to bless you. But she also believes that you should be part of every single thing God is doing. Because she'll tell you, oh, you need to come to church. You need to come to Sunday school. You need to come to Wednesday night. Now, she doesn't say, oh, this would be good for you. It would be. But she says, you need this. And the truth is, you do. Because when we are together more, we are more powerful. We're more capable to do more things. When we begin to take the blood of Christ and apply it appropriately to our life, and we begin to testify of all the things that God is doing, the power of God is multiplied in our lives to walk and live differently than we ever imagined possible. Now, it's not just relegated to where you can only testify at church. Okay? We love hearing your testimonies, and I... And I, I, I can handle you coming any Sunday and sharing your testimony with me. But what do you do in the world when, you know, I, I know some of you may have experienced this. Someone comes up and say, man, how in, the, how in the world is your life where it is right now? I look at where you came from and where you're at now. How in the world did you do it? He said, man, a little bit of effort. No hard work. I'm a self-made man. You know what? When people ask me, I just have to be honest. You know what? 
um, if it wasn't for God intersecting my life when I was 16, I would be a mess right now. If it wasn't for God intervening and, and, and beginning to present to me that there was another way, I would be a mess right now. See, my, my testimony is not of all the things that I have accomplished throughout my life. It is about the fact that, man, apart from God's blessing, I wouldn't be here today. So as, as we are looking at this, this piece of understanding that we're in a battle, as we begin to create a mindset that says that we are we are fighting for something more valuable and more precious than we realize. And it's, it's for not only for our lives, but for all the lives of those we touch. You know, as, as I was thinking about Memorial Day, I was thinking of my pastor out in, in uh, Oregon, Don Manning. And he was, he was five foot four. Short guy. He was, um, he was a ranger. In the army, um, he was uh, he was a powerful little man. Now he um, he had been in Vietnam and he had served for so many years over there, uh, so many tours that they felt that he was he could be dangerous. So they brought him home and, and put him to where he began to train rangers. And he wasn't a believer, but he carried a Bible. You know, that was one of the things every person got when they joined the army back then. They got a pack of cigarettes and a Bible. For some reason, those were the two things that they made sure every person got when they were going off, you know, pack of cigarettes and a Bible. Little Bible. But he said, for some reason, he read that Bible every day when he was in Vietnam. And God began to intervene. And God began to draw him to his presence. And the byproduct of God's word being poured into his life, even when he wasn't a believer, was this man began to believe. Because he saw the hand of God protect him so many times when he walked into traps where they were death traps and, and all these guns around him would go off. And he never was touched. He began to understand God had something bigger for him. And when he got out of the army, he went to Bible college and became a pastor. And he preached with the same level of fire that he did when he was a, a ranger. And at five foot four, you don't think that much power and force comes from a little guy. But, uh, but he was just, that's what I learned under. For seven years, I, I, I served under him. And, and he was so instrumental in me understanding that, that so much of the anger and hatred that I grew up under and the hardship was not meant to hold me back, but was meant to infuse me with 
a greater level of understanding that God's plan was bigger. But I had to understand the fight that was going on inside of me. And I had to acknowledge the right enemy and I had to fight the right fight. And every day I make a decision to fight the right battle. And some days I'm not successful. Some days I fight the wrong person. But I want you to know, church, you have a fight that is in front of you, and it is not your neighbor. It's not your wife. It's not your children. It's not your husband. And it certainly is not your church. But it is an enemy that wants to bring destruction. And if you give in, He's going to win. If you give in, He will win. But you have to choose to say no. Enemy, you're a liar. That's one of His names. He is the the prince of lies. Why would you believe a liar? Church, you're in a fight. And if whatever level you are in your faith, if you're just new in the faith or you've been established for a while, understand that the battle just gets more and more intense the closer we get to Christ. If you've ever watched one of these movies when someone is getting uh, close to the, uh, the treasure the obstacles, the challenges, the, um, the traps get more and more intense and they increase. It's like Indiana Jones and the, you know, all these things. The darts are flying and the swords and the knives and the you know, snakes. And... But you know you're getting close. Church, acknowledge the right enemy. Fight the right fight. Go deeper into the Word. Work out your salvation. Know the Word of God. It's okay to come and ask questions. But be willing to do some legwork before you come. When I played football back in high school, you know, August was... uh, um, Double sessions, you know, it was, it was your torture time. It was, it was the time where if you didn't come in prepared, this was either going to prepare you or, or communicate to you you weren't made to be a football player. Double sessions are never fun. But the harder you put into preparing during that time, the better off the rest of the season went. And the more you spend when you first come into a relationship with Christ, the the further into the Word of God you dig, the more prepared you are for whatever is next. And every time you go through a more trying and difficult time in life, the more of a necessity there is to dig deeper into the Word of God. Double sessions come frequently in life, and we have to pour more in. Because the enemy wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to destroy you. And God has given you everything you need to be victorious. Fight the right fight. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for your word and for your presence today. I thank you for all that you're doing. I am so thankful that you have equipped us with everything we need to be victorious today. I thank you that we are more than able to walk the walk, to talk the talk, to live the manner that you've called us to live. And so today, Lord, I pray your blessing on each person here that they would begin to embrace the fight. That they would work out their salvations. Father, that they would begin to dig into your word to prepare themselves mentally for all that you have for them. I thank you for what you're doing in us. And I ask for this in your name. Amen. All right. We're going to receive our morning tithes and offering. You know, there are some genuine times that I feel like God wants us to have some altar time, and, and I love an altar time. But I think there's also some times that we have to, to, to leave here and go make a decision. And I pray today you will go out and make a decision to, um, whatever you're battling, to live differently. The other thing is, when you leave the sanctuary today, on either side, there's volunteer sign-up stuff and some information on the left for uh, VBS that's going on here at the end of June. And um, we want your help, your support um, in that. Um, It's a sports camp, so if you're sports-minded, this is your VBS. Um, We want you to come out and be part of it that week, and so... Uh, there's some sign-up sheets out there for you to participate, and we appreciate that. Um, also, just be preparing yourself for that the June 26th, that Saturday, so that you can come out to our workday and help us get... Um, we're going to fix several things in the building, maybe a ceiling, you never know, and a uh, few things outside that still need done. Um, some painting projects, and so there's something for everyone to be done, doing. We're not going to allow, we've already decided in the board, we're not allowing Miss Elaine to crawl around scraping windows. We figured that there was a job for someone other than 85 to crawl and scrape windows. (laughs) Now, you have to understand, we did not assign that to her. She decided to go out and do that. I tried several times to dissuade her from going out and doing it. But you cannot dissuade Elaine from doing much. So... And then tonight we have a men's Bible study, 6 to 8 o'clock-ish. Bring your favorite food items. And we're going to break open the Word of God. We've got a Ray Vandalin uh, video that Isaac's going to share. The scriptures are part of the uh, crew app if you have that. Or if you've got the email, we, he sent, we've sent that out as well. It'll be a great time. And uh, uh, just be ready for, you know, getting breaking bread together as men. We love it. It's going to be a wonderful time. So let's pray over our offering. Father, thank you for this day. Bless this offering. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people and all that you do. And we ask for this in your name. Amen. Once they're done, uh, we release you to love on one another. And uh, God bless you. Be blessed.